0: Hi, this is the third chapter in Beyond Happiness, and it's called A Poodle in the Pool. Naturally, death, unlike life, is what occasionally afforded me episodes of freedom. Uncle Patrick, who had suffered from heart problems since his early 30s, decided to die suddenly while at a convention in Hawaii. Aunt Susie decided he would be buried in Houston. The Arkansas branch of the family herded into station wagons. Off we went to offer condolences. The best part about such pilgrimages was that I was usually separated from the rest of my family. I was beginning to be perceived as a young man, and a young man needs to slowly be delegated responsibility. Uncle Patrick's mother, Aunt Killy, was in the hospital with problems all her own. Her cherished companion, an irritable poodle named Trina, was in Aunt Susie's care. Trina was just this side of sainthood. No beauty treatment, special diet, or privilege was too extreme. When home with Aunt Kelly, she dined on deviled crab meat and was taken for twilight drives. When kept by Susie, she was treated like the neurotic bitch she was. In light of the grievous circumstances, the responsibility of watching and feeding Trina was transferred onto me. Gladly, I accepted. There wasn't any place I would have rather stayed than with Aunt Susie. Trina, as always, was impossible. She refused to eat, bit you if you tried to pet her, and stayed up half the night pacing the kitchen floor, her little painted nails going click, 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 click. The only time she was halfway human was when she stood by the sliding glass doors that led out to the patio, pool, and garden. For it was there beneath the azalea bushes that she was permitted to do her business. Responsibility has never been one of my forte's. Trina tripled the challenge. She was 13 years old. I had known her all my life. I was very fond of dogs in general, but had a definite problem with particular poodles. The night before my uncle's funeral, she was clicking to beat the band. Aunt Susie hadn't slept in three days. The dog had to be stopped. I considered giving Trina a tranquilizer, but knew I'd never get her to take it. I boiled some hot chocolate, which I knew she loved, and laced it with several ounces of Kahlua. My scheme worked. She sat on the edge of the couch through the entire run of whatever happened to baby Jane. I was into the Kahluas also. Happiness was indeed ours. The next thing I knew, I awoke with the remote control in my hand, the television all fuzzy, and Trina scratching to get out. Groggily, I went to the door opened it. She ran out and peed. I shut it and went back to bed. At eight o'clock the next morning, my sweet dreams were cut to the quick. When I heard aunt Susie scream in horror out on the patio, I rushed out to see what she had seen. And when I saw, I screamed too. Guilt and shame flooded me as I witnessed a sight too terrible to be true. Trina's corpse floating around the pool. How had it happened? Hadn't I let her back inside? And even if I hadn't, could she have possibly been so drunk as to fall in the swimming pool and drown on her way to the azalea bushes? Aunt Susie instructed me to go to the garage and get the cleaning net. We tried fishing her out, but to no avail. Eventually, I had to swim in and try to haul her up by hand. But every time I'd get close enough to grab her, she just seemed to sink further down. When I finally managed to get a hold of her rhinestone collar and began to pull her to the side, one of her hind legs got stuck in the drain and twisted terribly out of shape. Then on dry land, what were we to do with her? She was bloated to twice her normal size and as stiff as could be. She wouldn't fit in the garbage can. We had to call a vet and pay for a cremation service. I tried to apologize, but Aunt Susie wouldn't hear of it. Trina should have been put out of her misery years ago. I don't know why they leave her with me anyway. I've always hated dogs. So did Patrick. She grew teary-eyed and suggested we have breakfast. We also had a bottle of champagne. Patrick would have wanted us to. Aunt Susie told me she was glad I was there, that she wasn't particularly happy to see the rest of the bunch, but that I was different. I sat with her in her dressing room while she put on her makeup, drew on her eyebrows, and did up her hair. I felt so sad. I knew with Uncle Patrick gone, we wouldn't be seeing much of Susie anymore. When the hearse arrived to pick us up, she took my arm and bravely smiled. This isn't going to be an easy day. The funeral was completely upstaged by the Trina tragedy. Even the preacher was more concerned with how Killy would take the news rather than my uncle's soul speeding to heaven. It was decided Killy be told Trina had a coronary. All present swore never to tell the truth. The tale remained intact for years to come. The next day, when we were driving back to Little Rock, I felt homesick but didn't know what for. I was stuck in the back seat, pressed against a window, I thought about Susie, about Trina, and about life. Funny how the humdrum goes on forever and the good parts so quickly blur, just like scenery in the distance.